0: It's great to be here uh, with you and uh, looking forward to the opportunity uh, to preach the word of God to you. And it's always a thrill uh, to come and see young people serving the Lord. It's a little bittersweet, though, because uh, two of our uh, homegrown are here. And so we're thankful that Chelsea and uh, Faith uh, McCord are here, but we miss them. And so hello from Lighthouse, wherever you all are. And we love you. That's sorry. That's just Pastor Dork talking there. And uh, but good to be with you. Let's take our Bibles and turn to the Gospel of John. Faith is in chapel, right? Where are you at, Faith? Raise your hand. You in chapel? She in chapel? Okay, there you are. Good to see you, Faith. Sorry to embarrass you. Chelsea in chapel? She here? Yeah, there she is. Amen. Great. John chapter one. John chapter one. Now look, I don't know. I don't know how it works. Uh, here, I, I I haven't been I haven't preached here for a few years now. I've been in was in the country of Sri Lanka for several years, and uh, but I'm just I am accustomed to to hearing amens in chapel. Amen. Okay, okay. So I just want to make sure. I know there's a lot of changing going on in the United States of America, and just want to make sure that amens haven't disappeared. Amen. And uh, and I've got a I've got a time that I have to be done by. And just amens help me get to the destination on time. All right. So if you hear something that's even remotely good, just shout an amen out there. Uh, All right. Okay. I'm feeling much better now. All right. Praise, praise the Lord. John chapter one, The, the truth that I'm going to give to you this morning is something that I feel like I feel like you, you, you learn early in the ministry, but it takes all your ministry, or, or as you progress in the ministry, you understand it more and more. You know how there's things that you know, but the further you get in, the more real it becomes? And I want to relay something to you that for me, I think, I hope will be a help to you. It's a help to me. I, I don't feel like we can hear this truth enough, and I don't know that we can grasp it to its full weight enough. And so look at John chapter 1, beginning in verse 40. The Bible says this, familiar passage of Scripture. One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother, Simon, and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ, And he brought him to Jesus, and when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. I want to preach on this subject this morning with the Lord's help. A classic process. A classic process. Let's pray. Father, bless now the preaching of your word and. And what an opportunity, God, we have in this morning period of time to just stop, to put work and and the things that we've got going on aside. Give your word, give your Holy Spirit time to be still and to hear from you. I pray that you'd give me clarity. Just help me to preach like I was back at the lighthouse today. Bless your word, we pray in Jesus' name. All of God's people said, Amen. and thank you, you may be seated. There's a phrase that we often use or has been used throughout many years where we refer to an individual, a, a male or a female, we'll often say something like this, he made a name for himself or she made a name for herself. When we use that expression, what we're referring to is usually someone will come into an industry or in a certain field and they'll enter in having no real reputation, uh, having you know not a lot of resources, not really being a person that anyone has a lot of attention towards, and they will apply themselves and they will work very diligently. And they will eventually, as they work their way, they will eventually become well-known. They will become skilled. They will become excellent at their craft or in their industry. And eventually what will happen is they are well-known because they have applied themselves and developed themselves in that industry. And they'll say, boy, he or she really made a name for themselves." I mean, an obvious example of that would be Steve Jobs. You know you go back to when uh, he was just 21 in 1976 and, and here they were meeting in his parents garage and selling his Volkswagen bus to just raise enough money to begin to put these computers together and to sell these computers. And as he and just a couple other partners began to work, eventually they developed what we know now to be Apple. And we would say, here was this guy at one point working in his garage. Nobody knew who he was, you know, selling his little Volkswagen to get enough money. And now his name is a household name. Steve Jobs made a name for himself. And and sometimes what happens, because we see that in the world that we live in, that's a common thing, and that's a common approach. That's a common uh, way we go about things, is sometimes what can happen is we can take that mindset or we can take that approach and we apply that in Christianity and we apply that in the ministry. And so, you know, you come to a Bible college, right? And and you kinda you start fresh and you come and and you have a desire. No, no, I'm not talking about we want to make a name for ourselves and that we want to be famous or that we want to be well known. I mean maybe some of you may, that obviously would be wrong, but a lot of us come with the right desire. We want to come to Bible college, and we want to learn, and we want to grow, and 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 we want to, you know, develop in the ministry and let God grow us or grow ourselves. And so, a lot of times, what happens is we come to Bible college with this mindset of I'm going to throw myself in, I'm going to work, and I'm going to grow, and I'm going to learn, and I'm going to discipline myself, and I'm going to make a name for myself in that. I am going to become this kind of pastor, or this kind of pastor's wife, or this kind of missionary, or, or whatever it is, you kind of have in your mind what you want to be or what you want to do, and you throw yourself in to develop and become that person or have that name. But here's the reality. While, while certainly there's discipline involved and there's application involved, that is not classic Christianity. Classic Christianity in the Word of God is not a group of people who came with raw material and just a little bit of nothing and said, I want to do something great for God. I want to be something great for God. And then they applied themselves and threw themselves in and eventually became what they wanted to become. That is not what we see in the Word of God. And I'm going to demonstrate that. I'm going to show you exactly what I mean by that. That you and I do not make a name for ourselves. So you come to verse 41, and you have Andrew. Andrew has just spent a whole day with Jesus Christ. He has, at the baptism of Christ, he has become persuaded that Jesus is the Messiah. So he leaves the next day, and he goes to his brother Simon, and he tells his brother, we have found the Messiah. We have found the one that we are searching for. And he brings his brother Simon to Jesus Christ, And as Simon comes to Jesus Christ, verse 42, it says this, and he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Notice this, thou shalt be called Cephas. Thou shalt be called Cephas. Now, Cephas, obviously, you know this, is an Aramaic name. The Greek name would be Peter. And so he comes, and Jesus says, This is your name. This is who you're going to be. Now, we understand this, that in the word of God, a name was more than an identification. It was a description, right? When Moses goes before God and God's going to send him to Pharaoh, what does he say? What name shall I give? He He wasn't asking for a name of identification. He was saying, how do you want me to describe you to Pharaoh? And God said, I am that I am. In other words, you tell Pharaoh that I am the self-existent, self-sufficient one. I need no one. I depend on no one. I have all power in and of myself. Description. And so, and so he tells him that. So when Jesus is saying to Cephas, this is your name, right after he says, the description, which is by interpretation a stone. Not a little pebble, but the idea of something Solid. Like in Peter, when it talks about living stones, it's the idea of foundational pieces or construction pieces. It's something solid. It's something stable. It's something that can be depended on. And what Jesus was simply saying to Peter was this, is that one day you are going to be a consistent, a steady, a reliable leader in the movement, in the local church that I'm establishing, This is who you're going to be, Peter. You're going to be a consistent, reliable, steady leader in the church that I am building. Now, get this: Jesus gave him this name before Peter ever said a word. Did you know that they didn't they didn't go out and perform ministry, and Jesus watched him and observed him and said, "Ah, yes, I like what I see. You're going to be a rock." You know that before Peter's first day of seminary with Jesus Christ, before he ever began his ministry, Jesus already had a name for him. Here's here's what I want to start off by saying to you is this. Before you ever enrolled, before you ever stepped foot on the campus, before you ever took a class, before you ever went through any training here, Jesus Christ had a name for you. He already knew you before you were born. He already knew what he wanted to do in your life. He has a plan for you. He has a destination for you. He knows who he wants you to be. He knows how he wants to use you in his church is. He knows, listen to me, he has a name that he has has for you when you came you didn't enroll to the west coast baptist bible college and say okay let me take a look at the great men of god and the great women of god and see who i want to be no you enrolled and jesus said here's why you're here i have a name for you now here's what's interesting verse 42 he says this and he brought him to jesus and when jesus beheld him he said thou art simon the son of jonah now he already had a name He wasn't seven. Jesus didn't take a little child and train him in the way he should go. No, no, no. Simon was a grown man. Grew up a fisherman. Grew up in a family. He had his own personality. He he already had been educated or, by the book of Acts, lack thereof. He was considered an unlearned and ignorant man. His kind of his personality and quirkiness and all the things that made Peter Peter had, had settled in by this time of his life. He was kind of who he was. Can I tell you something about Simon that we know? He wasn't a rock. Now, that's an understatement. No, he was, he was assertive. He, he was He was bold. He was was willing to step out on his own. But you could not look at Simon and say, oh yeah, he's a very reliable individual. He's someone that's steady. He's someone that's going to be the same. No, no, this is the same Simon who when, when Jesus went to wash feet, he started off by saying, don't wash my feet. And then Jesus rebuked him and then he said, okay, wash every part of my body. It's the same Simon who at the Mount of Transfiguration, he's up there and the Bible says this. He didn't know what to say, so he said, hey, let's make three tabernacles. He was one way one day and he was another the next day. He would be bold in a statement and then he would see conditions or he'd be rebuked. And he was completely the opposite the next day. He may have been assertive. He may have been bold, but he was not a rock. And I love how it says in verse 42, and he brought him to Jesus, and when Jesus beheld him, to, to behold is to gaze upon. Did you know that when Jesus said, Thou, thou art Simon, son of, Bar- son of Jonah, what Jesus was saying is this I know who you are. I know your personality. I know your upbringing. I know how erratic you are. But that doesn't matter this is who you're going to be. See, sometimes we, we come to Bible college and we all have different backgrounds. We all have different upbringings. Some of you, I mean, you were birthed into church. I mean, you, you were here in the hymns of the faith while you were in your mother's womb. Some of you, you're a little more raw. You came to Christ a little bit later. I mean, maybe even like came to Christ and a few months later you were here at the Bible college. You've all come from different experiences. You have different temperaments. You have different personalities. And what we tend to do is when we look at the name of what God's going to make us, a lot of times we lit ourselves or we look to ourselves within our experience or who we think we are. And there's an error on two sides of the road. There are some people who've been told their whole life what a great young person they are, and so they think they're going to be the next, you know, Curtis Hudson or whatever, and that's an error because it has nothing to do with with what your personality is or how great you are. No, no, Jesus doesn't say, oh, you've got a lot of potential. I'm going to make you such a better Christian. And on the flip side, there are people who think, you know, I could never be a preacher. I could never be a missionary. I could never do these things for the Lord. I could never be used in this particular way. And here's what you need to understand. Jesus knows your Simon. Jesus knows your personality. Jesus knows your strengths and your weaknesses and in all reality those really don't matter in who he wants you to be. Jesus Christ can choose your name and make your name regardless of your background. It helps to be raised in a good godly home. It helps to not have the baggage and all of the sin that you have to deal with and the thoughts. It helps to have all that. But understand this. The power of Jesus Christ can overcome whatever you've experienced in your life. He says, I know who you are, but this is who you're going to be anyway. Anyway. Now, now I love this because I think once Peter got that idea in his mind, he set out on his own purpose to be a rock. I actually think Peter thought he was a rock. Hold your place here and look at John chapter 13. Some of you are looking at me like I'm crazy. So let's just look at John chapter 13. See, once somebody tells you you're going to be something, right? Oh, man, that's what I need to be. I think Peter... Saw himself as I need to be this stable force, I need to be this leader, I need to be this rock solid. I, I believe he saw that, wanted that, and eventually thought he was that. Right. Well, look at John 13, verse 37. He says, This. Peter said unto him, Lord, why can I not follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. That's about as rock as it gets. I'll, I'll die with you. If my life is on the line, Jesus, I'll die. You know what Peter's saying? No, no, no. I've been working this thing. I've been with you through the journey. I am, I'm, I'm, your, I'm a rock for you. I'm stable. I'm steady. I'm going to make this thing happen. Yeah. Uh, look at verse 38. Jesus answered him, Will thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily, I say unto thee, the croc shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. He, that, no, Jesus said, no, you're not a rock. Mm-hmm. Now, you think you're a rock. You're trying to make yourself a rock. But within 24 hour period, you're going to deny me three times. Mm-hmm. No. Good. Jesus, Jesus was telling Peter that your attempts to make yourself a name, even the name in which I have for you, will Fail. But look at John 21. Can I show you something very interesting? We're doing good on time. John chapter 21. Look at verse. So so verse 17 through 18, he he has, he talks to him, lovest thou me. You know, he says it three times, right? Reminder of who Simon is. Simon is not a rock. But then you come to verse 18, and he says this. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying by what? What's the next word? Death. Death. He should glorify God. Here he comes to the end and and he says, you know, when you were were a little one, people would, you know, guide you around. And now as an adult, you go wherever you want, but there's going to come a day when essentially you're going to be arrested. And an authority figure is going to tell you where to go and where you're going to go is to your death. But here's what he's saying. Here's what he's saying. When you were in control, you denied me. But I've been working on you. And you didn't even know I was working on you. And I'm still working on you. And when I'm done with you, you really will die for my sake. You really will die for my glory. You really really will be a rock. In other words, Peter, are you done depending on yourself trying to make yourself a rock? Very good. I'm glad you finally get it because now I'm going to make you a rock. Now get this, that he has a name for us, and and his name for us is not limited to who who we are. And also, he brings about that name through a process by which he does. Let me tell you something. When you determine in your strength that you're going to be something that you want to be, here's some things that are going to come. Pressure. It's a very challenging thing to make yourself into a man of God or a woman of God. You're going to wear a lot of pressure. You know what you're going to get? You're going to get pushy because you're going to want opportunities. You're going to want the platform. You're going to want to have this ministry. And you're going to start reaching beyond yourself and you're going to start trying to push into things so that you can get to be or do those things that you want to do. And here's what that's going to result in problems. You're going to have some failures along the way. You're going to have some moments where you realize, ah, oh. oh What was I thinking? Because when you try to make yourself into a name, all you'll find is frustration and failure. But here's what you need to understand. Jesus wants to make you into a name. And he has a process and he has a way. And by the way, this Bible college is part of that process. It's part of what the Lord is going to use in your life and ways that you don't even probably realize it. You think it's going to be this or you think it's going to be that. But the Lord's saying, no, it's not really going to be that. It's going to be these aspects of Bible college that I'm going to work in your life to develop you, to make you the kind of person that I want you to be. And then when you walk and you graduate, you're still not done, by the way. The Lord is still going to develop you. He's still going to grow you. He's still going to treat, teach you. And that is a process that the Lord does in our life. He has a process for our name. Let me show you one more. Go back to John chapter one. If you're awake, say amen. amen. John chapter one. Notice verse 40 again. He says this. Okay, so okay, so. John is writing to an audience about the events of Jesus Christ. So as he's writing, he's writing to them and describing events and stories to help them understand. And notice how he describes this situation in verse 40. One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew. Notice this. Simon Peter's brother. Andrew. Simon Peter's brother. Why did he call him Simon Peter's brother? Here's why. Because every one of these people knew who Simon Peter was. They all knew. Because he was a rock. He was Acts chapter 2, Pentecost, preached the word of God, thousands of people got saved. No, he, he was a man of God in Jerusalem. So everyone knew who Simon Peter was. Here's what's interesting. He had to refer to Andrew as Simon Peter's brother to clarify who he was talking about. So you had Simon Peter, who was a household name that everybody recognized and everybody knew. And then you had Andrew. Now, wait a minute. Andrew was just as much a man of God as Simon Peter was. No, Andrew went down the whole journey that Peter went. Andrew was a disciple of Christ. Matter of fact, Andrew is the one who brings Simon Peter to Jesus Christ. And as you read through the Gospels, you see that Andrew, almost every time Andrew is spoken about, he's bringing someone to the Lord. He was faithful. He was true. He was used of God. But listen, Jesus' name for Andrew was different than Simon Peter. Jesus had a different route and a different plan and a different destination, though they both saw God and they were both part of the church and they both had a place that was very important listen everybody knew Simon Peter's name but not everyone knew Andrew's name and here's what you and I need to remember about our name Jesus doesn't give us the same name One one of the most helpful things that can happen to you is to just understand that God isn't going to give every one of you the same name And it's not because someone's better than the other. It's because the Lord has a plan and a will, and he decides who gets to be what in the kingdom. You know, I've, I've not been in the ministry too long, but I don't know a lot of Paul Chapels. But I know a lot of people that would love that name, although I'm not sure they would want the stress that comes with it. Your, your name isn't going to be the same name as your roommate. And there's going to be some of you, you're going, to be, you're going to be a name people know, even in the church you serve. You know, there's going to be people that have certain things and certain gifts and certain recognitions. And then there's other names that people never hear about. But they're all part of the plan. And by the way, they're all necessary because without Andrew, you don't have Simon Peter. Amen. 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 Come on. I spent a lot of my time. I would definitely say this. I spent a lot of time, my time in my early years when I had a certain name. And I had to come to realize, hey, David Hetzer is who God wants me to be. And however that unfolds, if it unfolds, if I'm a church planner in San Marcos for a period of time, working, door knocking, thousands of doors. The day that that church hit 100, I literally, I had come from a church of over 1,000 people. It was a great church. I just thought that was just going to translate right over. We're going to run 1,000 right here. No, we were running 100, and I pretty much thought it was the day of Pentecost. I didn't have any calls, hey, you come preach this meeting. No, it didn't work that way. I was in Idaho, when I was, in, when I was a missionary in Sri Lanka. Now I'm at the lighthouse. The, the Lord gets to write your script. And he's going to determine this into me. And the name that he has for you, I promise you, if you'll embrace that name, it, you, it'll be the name you'll be most happy with. Okay, so, so you're saying... He has a name, and it's not contingent upon my personality, per se, or my abilities. And, and it's a name that he's going to come through a process, and it's different. So what does that mean? I just sit around and just let him. Here I am. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to, just going to kind of just sit around and just wait. I'm not, I'm not even going to go to classes. Why do I need to go to class? I got a name. God's going to, it's going to come. No, that's what a Calvinist might say. But, but look, but look, no, no, no. Here's the answer. Verse 43. The day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee and findeth Philip and saith unto him here's classic Christianity. Follow me. Follow me. He has a name for you. It's not contingent upon. What you see, how you see yourself, or how others see you. He's gonna bring that name about in a process that he has designed. And it's gonna be different than others, but you do have a responsibility. Here's the responsibility follow me. Just, just say, okay, I'm not gonna worry about the destination. I'm not going to get hung up in all the details. I'm just going to get up today and I'm going to follow him. And there's a lot to follow him in your life, isn't there? You have classes and you have responsibilities and you have obligations. And you have a church that you're a part of. And here's what Jesus is saying. Don't worry about all the ins and outs of how this is going to work. Just follow me. Remember when he he calls the disciples? I love this. He said this: follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. He, he didn't say, make yourself a fisher of men. He didn't say focus on fishing. He said, Follow me. And I, Jesus Christ, will make you what I want. You to be. Statement. I'm going to give you a couple applications Man, wow, this is the shortest sermon I think I've ever preached. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah Yeah. You definitely have a name, brother. <laughs> here it is. Here it is. We find our name. We find our name by following Christ. There's a name for you. How I find that. Well, just roll up your sleeves. No, no, no. Follow Christ. Get your eyes on Christ and obeying him and doing what he calls you to do in each moment and every day. Stop spending your time living where you're going to be 15 years from now and get on board where you're supposed to be right now. Let me give you a couple application points. One, surrender your name to Jesus Christ. This is a tough one sometimes, because we have dreams and we have aspirations and we have desires, but you know, really, we some of that has to die, and we have to say, God, I surrender my name. I want to be whatever you want me to be. I, I want my 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 spirituality to be what you want it to be, my service, and you just need to surrender whatever your name's going to be to Jesus Christ. To If Jesus wants you to do something, he'll open the door. My old preacher used to tell me all the time, he used to tell me all the time, he used to say, now, Brother David, God knows your address. Can I just remind you God knows your address? And he's capable of, if he wants you to do something, he's capable of opening the door. I just know God wants to, he just wants to use me to set this planet ablaze for God. Okay, well, he'll open the door. You don't have to kick the door open. You don't have to, you don't have to push your way. Look, the Lord is able, the Holy Ghost is able to notify your pastor that you're God's gift to humanity. If he wants you to do something, he'll open the door. Thirdly, please, I think this is so important to get. The greatest change is often made in us even without us knowing. You know what I love about Peter is Peter didn't realize that Jesus was making him into a rock in a totally different way than he thought. The things that we usually think are going to make us something are usually not the things. They're usually usually something totally different that God has for us. And oftentimes your greatest growth comes when you're just obeying God and you don't even know you're growing. You don't determine the time of your growth. God usually does it and you don't even see it happening. Thirdly, fourthly, following Jesus requires obedience. Hey, look, I'm just telling you if you think that you cannot read your Bible and not pray, and then God's going to do this thing with you, you're fooling yourself. Follow me implies action. And there are things in your life right now. Say, oh, you know, you're a missionary, or I want to be a pastor. What, what, should, what should I be doing right now to prepare? Pass your classes. Amen. Do whatever ministries you have, and do them as good as you know. That's what God's put in your lap. Give it your all. Amen. No, I'm just telling you, if you work a bus, if you're in a class, whatever you're doing, you should throw your entire being into that thing, because that's where God has you right now. Obey him. Do the things he's called you to do right now. And then lastly, very simply this, be careful of measuring the value of your name by comparisons. You know, you look at your name, what you're doing, and you look at someone else and what they're doing, and here's what happens. You feel less valuable. This is not woke to say this. This is not trying to pamper a soft generation. This is, this is the truth. Listen to me. God loves you and values you as you are. And if you are obeying him and if you are Andrew or if you are Simon Peter, he loves you just the same and you are just as valuable to him. He didn't love one over the other. Don't get in the comparison trap. Don't compare your skills. Don't compare your gifts. Don't compare the ministries, opportunities. Don't compare the results. Please don't compare the results. <laughs> just, just embrace the name that God has given you and make sure you're following him. And so my encouragement, and I hope this is an encouragement to you, is very simply this. We find our name by following him. Christ. May those two words echo in your mind today. Follow me.